All right, everyone. Welcome in. Happy Friday. You're listening to the Football Friday podcast brought to you by the Morning Times and Daily Review. Um, we also want to thank our sponsor, Jolly Farmer, in downtown Waverly. Jolly Farmer has everything you need for the big game, including craft beer, ice cream, potato chips, pretzels, donuts, and a variety of convenience store items. That's the Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly. So I'm Kirk Lovison alongside Johnny Williams and Logan Hill, and we also have a new member of the crew this week, and that's new Morning Times hire, sports reporter David Goff. David, welcome to the team, man. Hello. It's good to be here. So, David, what we're going to do first before we jump into last week's action and then preview the upcoming slate, guys, I thought we'd just let David talk a little bit about himself, give some background for our listeners, and hopefully our listeners are also our readers, who they'll be reading a lot of David's stuff coming up, so... David, give us a little background about yourself and how you ended up here with us at the Times. Well, I, uh, I'm from Harrisburg, so I am Pennsylvanian. Um, and I uh, ended up going to Temple for a journalism degree, graduated from there in 2017. I was in the drum line there for all four years, which was an absolute blast. Um, and then my first real full-time journalism gig out of college was in Northeast North Carolina at a place I had never heard of before in Elizabeth City, but it was a job opportunity on Indeed. I'm like, I'll just apply to that. And I got it. And I was there from 2018 to 2020. Moved back home to Pennsylvania right as the pandemic started and returned without realizing I was ever going to return to Northeast North Carolina. Uh, returned there in January of 2022. Uh, and I was just really trying to get my feet back in Pennsylvania. And uh, here I am. And I'm excited to get acquainted with the area. And, uh, you know. Yeah, and we're really excited to have you. Um, so obviously everyone, please check out today's morning times and daily review for football Friday previews. You'll see Logan in there. Obviously, eventually you'll see David in there as well as Dave post Matt Patton too. That includes make sure you get out there and get Saturday's edition of both the daily review and the times for all your football stories, game stories. You'll catch all those same guys in there in the rest of football season. So with that said, let's get into football season. We're now on to week four of Pennsylvania, week three of New York. Last week's action had some good games, had some not-so-great games. It started with Tioga defeating Waverly in overtime over at Waverly Memorial Stadium, 23-17. I was on hand for that one. Logan, you were on hand for that one. About as good of a high school football game as you're going to see, with a little bit of a caveat, that game was actually played over the course of two days. Friday, we got about through almost about one minute from halftime, lightning delay. They couldn't get the game restarted. They had to come back and play it Saturday. Friday, 4,000 people in attendance. Saturday, 2,500 came back. I think their 50-50 raffle broke all records, and the game lived up to the hype, which you just don't usually see that happen. Logan, what was your takeaway from that one? Well, I was I was so pumped just because I because it got delayed into Saturday. That's why I was able to go up there and see it. And I got there. I mean, I had some other errands to run up in the valley because I'm not from I don't live up here. And it like you said, one of the best high school football games I've ever seen in my life. That's what I heard all week. I heard it was gonna be a big game from anyone that could write about it, anyone that could talk about it, and then it just, it just was every single moment that I, I saw pretty much the entirety of the fourth quarter Saturday night, and yeah. it was couldn't look away. Yep. It was it was that good. Yeah, Tioga returning Section 4 Class D champs, Waverly returning Section 4 Class C champs, both with so many players back that they had state title aspirations this year, and they showed out, and it showed. 23-17, Tioga stops Waverly on fourth and goal from the one in overtime. They score two plays later on their opportunity at possession, and both, got, you know, Waverly's got a rebound this coming week. Tioga, 
They're off to the races. Also in action, Wyalusing beat Athens 14-12. to Athens was up 12-0 in that game. Wyalusing responds with 14 unanswered. They get the win. Sayre drops to Muncie, a great Muncie team over the years, 49-0. Uh, Tawanda over Northwest. They get back on the winning track, 21-0. Troy over North Penn Mansfield, 52-13. And Canton goes to Wellsboro and wins 41-6. You were in Canton for that game? It was or in, you were in Wellsboro? Yep, I'm sorry, I, Logan. It was in Wellsboro. What did we I see there? there. Uh, a, a sloppy game overall from Canton, and I think Co- Coach uh, Tyler Seacrest said that afterwards, too. They played a sloppy game, and they still won by three scores, four scores. Like, they're just... They kind of slept walk through that one on the way to the win and definitely had a lot to take away in terms of getting stuff cleaned up, but just they, they're, they're a wagon. There's yeah, not much more to it. It doesn't look like they've lost any ground from last year's uh, state title run. They came up a little short, but they're well on their way and looking good this season. Troy also improved to 3-0. That that matchup, it's trending. They're going to see those two at the end of the season. And uh, kudos to Tawanda getting back on track. Were they going to crumble? Were they going to you know get over that adversity of a loss last week? They shut out Northwest. Impressive performance there. Um, into week four. Um, if you're listening to this today is Friday, get out there and get your morning times and daily review print editions because there'll be tons of previews, tons of good content from both papers to preview this weekend's games. And then obviously get your Saturday print editions as well for the actual game stories. We got Logan in your neck of the woods up there at the daily review. We got basically all four local teams going at it in one way or another. Tawanda's going to go to Ken and why is going to go to Troy what are you looking for in those two games? Where are you going to be for us? I, I should probably be at both Tawanda and Canton's on Saturday, oh, if great. I'm not mistaken. So that'll be my Saturday night, which I'm really looking yeah, forward to. Both. It's going to be a chance for Tawanda to like continue to build on a, oh, the momentum of a win. They lost their second game, so they haven't had back-to-back wins yet this year. And it's going to be a great test playing Canton at home. Uh, Canton, like I said, is going to be looking to clean up what maybe wasn't a pristine performance from them on the road last week. And then even that while losing at Troy game, I mean, I pretty much expect Troy to kind of roll regardless of the opponent they're playing, but while losing back-to-back wins, a comeback win over Athens, you'd like to see bright spots, I guess I would say bright spots from while losing and do some good things, even if it doesn't directly relate to a win. And who knows, maybe if the ball bounces your way and things go well, you're, you're in that game. But I just, we, we've, this is what our fourth episode and all we've said since the very beginning is Troy is head and shoulders. The only team that comes close to them is Canton. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of more, um, this area's teams, we'll get Wellsboro coming to Athens, Athens, a little bit of a roller coaster season so far. Um, opened up with a tough loss. They dropped to Wellsboro, or excuse me. They dropped to Wyalusing when they were ahead in that game. This is a kind of a bounce back game against a tough, tough team in Wellsboro who, they just went up against the big dog last week against Canton. They're going to be looking to rebound, too. So two teams looking to rebound. Sarah on the road at Marion Catholic. I, I don't know what to say about Marion Catholic. Not familiar with their program. I won't pretend to be. Sarah looking for their first win and really looking for their first points. Trying to get some points up on that scoreboard. Let's hope it's this week. On the New York side of things, um, Harpersville comes to Tioga. Tioga has just put in new turf. They go from grass to turf. That takes place this weekend. It's their first game, their first home opener of the season in their first game on that turf they'll be excited about that should roll over harpersville uh and then waverly's on the road for against an 0-3 sydney guys 
this is a good bounce back, right? Sydney's 0-3. Waverly just got gutted in overtime against a game they've probably been looking forward to since last year ended. David, Johnny, what does a team like Waverly got to do when you have a game like that and then you go into an 0-3 opponent? Are you just thinking bounce back? Do you got a little bit of, oh, we're going to go beat this team up type of vibe? Johnny, what do you think? Um, I'm thinking you probably have a little bit of, I don't know, maybe butterflies are still kind of frustrated from the Tioga win and I know I would say, you know, obviously don't look past the program just because they're 0-3. Sure. Yeah, you, you need to get a bounce back win, go in there against Sydney, take care of business. Is this their first game against a, a stack opponent, if I'm not... Was that mentioned? I'm not sure. It could be. But so, like... Yeah, switching, so, Waverly switched divisions this yeah, year. They're so in you're, stack now. So yeah, so you're the new kid on the block. Go show this division what you're made of. Yeah, and David, what do you think if... if is it a tough spot to be in if you're that head coach saying, oh, man, we just played a perennial state contender that we we were this close to. Now we got to go play an 0-3 opponent. You, you're preaching all week, hey, we can't look past this, though, right? Yeah, and, I mean, really what he would be looking for is strong start. You need a strong start. Get what you got last week out of the way. Absolutely. Get a strong start, and you are facing an 0-3 team. If you have that strong start, then you should be in good shape and, you know, you can move on quickly from last week. Yeah, so that's your week four slate, your week three slate for New York. Again, thanks so much to Jolly Farmer for sponsoring us. You can find them in downtown Waverly. Everything you have for the big game. You need craft beer, you need ice cream, potato chips, pretzels, donuts, any type of convenience store item, Jolly Farmer's got it. We want to thank them for sponsoring our episode here today. That's it for the high school wrap-up, uh, the recap, the preview. Get that preview today. Go pick it up at um, your local gas station, anywhere. We hope you subscribe as well so you got that on your front doorstep this morning. Check out those previews and, of course, get tomorrow's editions too for game stories. Uh, college, not much to talk about here. Penn State rolls Delaware 63-7. They'll be at Illinois on uh, the early slate on Saturday. I think everybody would agree here Penn State should handle that one pretty easily. Everyone in agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the only other note from last week's college studies, Texas went into Alabama and won 34-24, and they looked pretty impressive, too. We're back. Yes. Uh, hook them. Hook oh, my gosh. I caught the very end of that game. Um, like I said, I was just running errands all Saturday night, and it, I couldn't believe it. Alabama doesn't lose by double digits at home. No, no and you got to wonder, is, is that it for the dynasty? Is the Saban... Um, run of terror over because it no. looked like from you say no, no. David, you think I, just, they, I don't think he can doubt Nick Saban. <laughs> do you think they bounce back this year? Or do you think Texas, is, I guess that's the question is Texas that good or is Alabama slipping a step? I, I mean, if you're going into Tuscaloosa and being in by 10 yeah. points, I don't, even if Alabama is down a step, it's still Tuscaloosa yep. and Texas has been needing that statement win forever. And the fact that they, I thought in that fourth quarter when there was touchdown after touchdown there for a little bit that Texas was going to slip up, they never did. And the fact that they ended up winning by 10 points, that's... Yeah, and Quinn Ewers, quarterback Texas, yeah. he appears to be that guy. It's it's definitely more of an SEC is down in general yeah. thing definitely. than definitely. really I Alabama. Think you're right too. That's, that's all I've been able to hear yeah. from anyone that has anything to say. Yeah, and the SEC's had a stranglehold over the country for the last decade or so. It looks like that's let up quite a bit. Pac-12 looks really strong in their final year as a conference. Which is sad. Yep. The big- <laughs> yeah. It started 18-0 and 0 or something like that. We were until Arizona lost yep. in overtime. I think yeah. we get through this week, and the Big Ten East should get super exciting. Um, kind of a bad slate this weekend, which is why we're not going to spend too much time on it. Colorado beats Nebraska. Dion continues to roll and prove critics wrong. Not much of a test this weekend. They're late night on ESPN, like 1030. It's Colorado State, who's pretty bad. Um, but after this week... 
It's Oregon. Prime so, time. Prime time. <laughs> and it's been prime time, and he's got some dudes on that team. His son looks fantastic at quarterback. Um, Hunter also playing both sides of the ball still with all those snaps. They still look the part. They took care of business again in Colorado. They'll get Colorado State this weekend. We'll talk more about them next week. For those of you who are tuning in every week, we'll talk uh, Colorado-Oregon preview next week. All right, on to the NFL. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. We're uh, not going to let you start this part of uh, the show. First on. of all, <laughs> let's throw a shout-out to our sponsor, Jolly Farmer. Yes. Go there for all your food and beverage needs up in Waverly. But I, I think Kirk's going to make an extra trip to Jolly Farmer. He should. He should. <laughs> let's let's start there. Let's start. Fine. It was week one. Yeah. But let's talk Monday night football. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers. Tough injury. <laughs> um, you know, the Jets, the Jets are going to have a, a they got the win Monday night. I don't know what the Jets are going to look, but we're starting with the Bills. Let's let's cut all the jokes and all the fun. <laughs> um, my first rant is going to be towards Bills fans, and it's not the majority. It's the minority. Josh Allen deserves blame for this game. He deserves blame going forward, and he deserves blame for the past. Stop directing your hate towards Ken Dorsey, the OC. All Ken Dorsey has done as the OC is in 2021 helped coach that team to the first-ranked scoring offense in all the NFL. Last year, he helped coach them not just in the AFC East, not just in the AFC, but the second-ranked scoring offense in all of the NFL. This isn't a Ken Dorsey issue. This is a Josh Allen issue. And the problem is Josh keeps admitting it's a Josh Allen issue without doing anything about it. He goes in his press conference for the third time in a loss where he talks about, Josh, what happened today? Oh, well, same issue, different game. I'm forcing things. Oh, you know, I feel so bad for my teammates because I'm letting them down and I know what I'm doing wrong. I'm trying to make too much happen. I wish I could stop. Stop wishing that you could stop and just stop, Josh. Four turnovers in that game in a game where you didn't need to outscore Tua. You didn't need to try to keep up with Mahomes' offense. You just had to manage the game, get out of a hostile environment on the plane, and go home against a Zach Wilson-led Jets, which is the same Zach Wilson-led Jets that went 7-10 and 10 last year. Just settle down and manage games that you need to manage. I'm not asking you to quit being Josh Allen. I get it. You're not going to be Peyton Manning or Brady. You're more Brett Favre. You're a gunslinger. It's for better or worse. That guy's going to get you to the playoffs with miraculous games that are highlight reels. And he's going to have games where you just go, man, I wish he'd quit it. And today I wish he'd quit it. My issue, though, is with him admitting that he knows the mistakes. He understands he's got to stop. And he just won't stop. You're not a teenager who is too immature to have discipline. You're not a rookie who's got a ton of potential and just needs to grow into himself. You're a former runner-up for league MVP, a guy who went to an AFC championship and was 13 seconds away from stopping Mahomes and going to the Super Bowl. It's time to just stop forcing things and stop trying to make something out of nothing when you can just check the ball down, hit guys underneath, get on the plane and go home with a gritty win on the road in a game that had so much hype. And finally, Damian Woody of ESPN. <laughs> I was so excited for this rant. This is where I'm going to come back on Josh's side a little bit, but it's not really. Damian Woody said, when are, when are we going to start paying attention to these turnovers and make the narrative about Josh Allen turning the ball over and giving this guy criticism? How come Josh Allen doesn't catch any smoke for stuff like this? When's that going to... Josh Allen's cut smoke for this for three years now. 
It is the national narrative that he turns the ball over. You guys have made him the villain to Burrow and Mahomes for the last two years because you want Mahomes and Burrow to be the face of ESPN. If it's, by the way, Gerald Burrow didn't even throw for 100 yards in week one. Yeah. All we did was show 30 clips of what he wore off the bus. No big <laughs> deal. No criticism there. Patrick Mahomes is the face of ESPN and the poster child of the NFL. But hey, when's Josh Allen going to start catching smoke and fire? He has been for three years. You know why? Because he should be criticized. And he is criticized. So, yes, he makes mistakes. Yes, he stunk. But you know what? Everyone let him know it on Twitter and in the entire national media except ESPN and except you, Damian Woody. You stink. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of things from me. That was everything that I expected uh, yeah, it and wanted on. it to be. My blood pressure is high. My face is red. I'm, my hand's sweaty. I almost dropped the mic. It just... <laughs> Are we? It's it's been a week. It's been one week of regular season NFL football. Yeah. Are we revisiting the Josh Allen Madden cover take, or uh, or no. is it just the fact that he just throws it? He says, "I'm going to throw a deep this play," and then just goes and does it. No, all the curse could be real. I'm not saying it is, but I do think keep the receipts because I'm going to criticize him here, and I'll be the first to remind myself of that criticism. I want everyone else to remind themselves of that criticism when they try to sit here in four weeks and say, man, Josh Allen's so fun to watch. And he's a top five QB <laughs> after he throws for four touchdowns and zero picks and leads a game-winning drive against like the Patriots. We'll do that. It's the same reason we did it all last year and then made him like a top five quarterback all coming into this season. But after one game against maybe the best defense in football, mind you, he apparently, if he's not top three in the league, he stinks. He did stink that game, but I think he bounces back – just just stop the excuse me and just fix it, Josh. Because if you do, I do think the defense looked good. Diggs looked great. They both did look on the same page. There didn't seem to be an issue there like everyone predicted. The pieces are there. The structure's still there. Ken Dorsey's fine. <laughs> just stop doing Capital it. F. Move on. Um, Aaron Rodgers. How are we feeling today? Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's awful it's, for it's, the league, they're right? They're devastated for it's, the Jets. Six months of lead-up cover, however long since he's been traded, it's been nothing but aren't get ready for this. Aren't you excited for this? And then seventy-five seconds was as long as he was out there. It's terrible. I what I've seen online, what I've seen on Twitter, what I've heard people say is that he's not retirement's not his plan. He's going to try to rehab it and come back for next year. But just the Jets had Super Bowl aspirations, and I think those are very clearly out the window now. I mean, yeah, and. It, it, it probably would come back down to the whole... I, I know there's a lot of finger pointing for the turf argument, too. I'm not going to sit here and say that has one thing to do with it or, or another. I think there's a case to be made for it. But, yeah, you had, you had Jets on hard knocks. You had They were the hot take. Aaron Rodgers was the biggest offseason. I said they were going to go to the Super Bowl. You did. You were in here. Cowboys-Jets. I said Cowboys-Jets. His entrance was awesome, too. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the every, American flag coming out to the yeah, dimly lit stadium and the, on 9-11. It was cool. And it all fell apart within four plays. You got to feel for the Jets. I don't actually, personally, I'm just saying that for the podcast. Sake. <laughs> As a Bills fan, yeah. I hope they don't win another game, and I hope it's awful for them. I, I turned it off Monday night, and then I turned it back on when I was on my way back down the road when I got done here, and it was 13 to 10 Jets or whatever, 16 to 13 16, Jets. 16 13 Jets. I said, I said, what the heck happened? Yeah. That's the uh, second greatest walk-off punt return in MetLife Stadium. Oh. <laughs> For those who aren't familiar, uh, D David Goff is going to make my life a living hell in here <laughs> because he is a bleed green Eagles fan sitting across from a blue, a bleed blue Cowboys fan. Yeah, so that's a it's great, evened out a little bit. Great segue. Let's get a more, lo a little more local. I know the New York side wanted to hear a little bit of Bills talk. Um, 
We'll get into some Giants and Eagles talk here now. Specifically, let's start with the Eagles. They're the local team here. David, you're a diehard Eagles fan, a diehard Philadelphia fan. I'm just going to ask you straight off, in what started to look like, oh, same Eagles from last year, let's go, turned into a little game that was maybe closer than it should have been. Eagles, hot take, better or worse after watching week one? Based off of week one, worse. Okay. Um, but that's just week one overreaction stuff. I Sirianni said it after the game that he'll reassess how he goes about preseason. None of the starters played in the preseason, and I yeah. think that had a lot to do with it. Maybe, maybe I don't th- think the players have it, have said it or they've denied it, but like the weather was crappy that day. There was a lot of weird things about week one, especially in New England. Uh, I'm not too concerned. I I had a friend text me. I was like, I can't wait for the Eagles just to blow up the Patriots. You know, just have an awesome start. I'm like, I'm not so sure it's going to be that easy because week one is random, and I, that's kind of how I felt it all happened. So I I'm not too concerned moving forward. And right? I I think we discussed that. Uh, last week too is like don't necessarily I think we all picked the Eagles to, to win that game but it's also like it's a Bill Belichick led yeah. defense yeah. You, give, you give him seven months to prepare for one team yeah, yeah. can't ever cut him out but that leads us into maybe what is a concern for Philadelphia and that's the Dallas Cowboys blanked the Giants which I don't care how bad you are if you get blanked as an NFL team it's in, an impressive performance by that defense in week one in week yeah. one Johnny, takeaway, Cowboys defense, amazing, Giants bad. I think it, it, if you get blanked 40 to nothing, I think it's a mix of both. Um, the seven sacks are extremely encouraging because, you know, uh, Giants, our, our front seven looks really good af, a, after that. Turnovers can kind of be, RK Trevon Diggs got a, his helmet on, on a ball and had a nice strip. So turnovers are a bit more luck-based. Love the defense. I know it was a poor weather game. Our offense didn't look amazing either, but like it's a 40 to nothing game. I'm not going to come in here and criticize my favorite team after a 40 to nothing opener. I was expecting, all right, the turnovers are going to stop. The Giants are going to come back. It's going to be a gritty divisional game, and it just never happened. And I think part of that had to do with a stifling Cowboys defense, but I also thought the Giants were just, everything that could have gone wrong for them did go wrong. It was just like just one bad beat after another, and I yeah. was reveling in it. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, I don't think this is indicative on how bad I think the Giants will be. And I don't think it's indicative on how amazing the Cowboys might be. Somebody in this room may have had a particular interest in that game having more than 44 and a half points scored in it, oh. and <laughs> the Cowboys almost got there on their own. So what a bad beat! Uh, yeah, very bad beat. Uh, if the Giants would have produced one offensive touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad beat for you, Logan, in your team start. No, absolutely Easy ho-hum win for the Ravens. Logan, obviously, from Aaron, big Ravens fan, which makes him our resident AFC North guy. I want to hear your take on the Ravens week one. I'm more interested in your take on Bengals, Browns, and a bad Steelers loss. But give us the give us the how we're feeling about the Ravens coming out of what should have been a, a pretty easy one against uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing it um, right here when someone else was talking. I went one and two in my how well do you know your division picks this week. Same as I did. Uh, two and one. Oh, oh one and two. You went, had the Chargers. Went with Chargers, lost Bills, and uh, okay. picked up that easy and Eagles one. You went three and zero, oh, right? And we did get David's picks um, okay. before. David also went 3-0. Kind of a chalk week for the, uh, the our NFC East, East guys. Yeah. Yeah. But David will be with us also going forward. So two 3-0s. Logan and I both went 1-2. and two. Back to me, Talk though. Talk to us on yeah. the AFC North. So the Ravens 
covered. 25-9 win, about what you expected. The Texans didn't necessarily do anything to put C.J. Stroud in harm's way. Uh, really just kept it pretty vanilla. A lot, a lot of run of fits, there, yeah. a lot of check down throws. Nothing really for the Ravens to capitalize on. They do lose J.K. Dobbins for the year, which is another just terrible story. Yeah, Held out, showed up to camp a couple of weeks ago, tore an ACL already in his career, and now he's done for the year two quarters into 2023. Oh. Questions on the offensive line. Ronnie Stanley went out with an injury. Tyler Linderbaum, also center, very young, good rising center, went out with an injury. So there are question marks. Marcus Williams, free safety on the back end, doing his best Ed Reed impression these days. He went out with an injury. Wow. So 25 to 9 win, and nobody, the vibes weren't high. Right. To but say at the what least. cost? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they're playing a Bengals team this week that just looked abysmal against Cleveland. And we talked about it last week. Is this a rivalry? It absolutely is. Cleveland knows how to take it to Cincinnati. I don't know how. I don't know why, but they do. Shockingly abysmal Bengals. It was it was disgusting. Disgusting. And you don't really want to hear about the weather because both teams had to play in it. Mm -hmm. One team put up 24 when they shouldn't have, and one team had an MVP caliber quarterback who threw zero touchdown passes and didn't throw for 100 yards. And disgusting. also just became the highest paid yeah. player in in, in the NFL. Yeah. Disgusting. But, you know, Josh Allen doesn't get criticism, right, Kurt? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> and then, so, I, it, it kind of plays out exactly the way you wouldn't want to see it Yeah. Um, for the Ravens, because the Ravens-Bengals are going to play here in week two, one o'clock Sunday, and the Bengals are going to be, be mad. Angry. They're going to yeah. be real mad after their in-state rivals did it to them. I, I don't know if you guys saw the Jamar Chase uh, quote where I he did. said Elves, right? they're just Cleveland yeah and basically called him Elves. I don't I didn't I thought that was a fake one but it might have been real but he said Cleveland's just Cleveland or something that was like the original quote and then yeah they showed it to him did oh my goodness while I'm thinking about it did anybody see the clip of Miles Garrett like doing like crossovers yes. <laughs> before he rushed the passer man amongst boys yeah <laughs> yeah he, he, he's he's a freak and a force to be reckoned with um who's not well, this could go both ways. Forced to be reckoned with the 49ers. They sure looked apart. But Pittsburgh at home in a team coming all the way across the country at 1 o'clock. I didn't see I didn't that expect one them to win. I know you picked them, Logan. I thought it'd be way more competitive than what I saw. Yeah, I picked them. And when I picked them, uh, Nick Bosa still had not reported or he was still looking yeah. for a new contract. That obviously changed between sure. when we recorded and when it came out. But they just, the 49ers whooped them. From the minute the first whistle blew. So I watched Sunday. the first half of that game and I've changed the game in the second half because I'm like, this is not competitive. And so it just, the Steelers might not be as good as they were billed to have been improved coming into this T year. TJ Watt had three sacks and two forced fumbles and they, and they lost by three scores. He's still an animal. Yeah. I say, don't get me wrong. TJ Watt is man still amongst an boys. Man, animal. another man amongst boys candidate of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really it for last week's game. Let's get you out of here with how well do we know our division? Again, like we said, David and Johnny, both three and oh, Logan and I both one and two. Um, I'm going to let you two NFC East guys go first. But before I do that, one last thank you to Jolly Farmer. Um, it's so great having a sponsor and we're so glad they did that for us. Uh, downtown Waverly, everything you need for the big game, including craft beer, ice cream, potato chips, pretzels, donuts, and a variety of convenience store items. Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly. Also, thank you so much for supporting the pod. Please get out there today also, though, and support our local print editions, the Daily Review and the Morning Times. you got football previews for local high school out there right now. 
on the stands. And then tomorrow, the, um, Saturday's editions will have all kinds of great game coverage from Logan, from David, from Dave Post, Matt Patton, and others. Thank you so much for all the support. So with that said, um, Johnny, you're back from vacation. We'll let you go first. You got um, Eagles, Vikings, Cardinals, Giants, Cowboys, Jets, Broncos, Commanders. Give us the picks. Yeah, so Eagles played uh, last night. So by the time everybody yeah. hears this, my pick will be... Yeah, we obviously record Friday morning. So we, being 2020. We couldn't preview today's um, Thursday's Eagles games. And uh, if you're listening to this, we're just going to give you that pick. That said, uh, I'm picking Eagles. Okay. Because... Uh, Vikings, not as impressive as I thought they would be, and so we'll, but we'll see how how it shakes out for them going forward. David Eagles Vikings Eagles. I'm a little nervous about it because it's a quick turnaround after a sloppy game, so I'm not sure how much it'll get corrected between then and uh, well yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I I gotta go Eagles home opener, and this should be yeah. an easy one for both of you, Cardinals Giants. Giants get a bounce back. Yeah, Giants. Uh, Cardinals are tanking. Giants need to get some positive vibes I going. I am very likely picking against Jonathan again, and I'll see some more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, take this one first so Johnny can go <laughs> trailer this. Um, Cowboys home against the Jets. Cowboys. Yeah, I'll say the pick might be different depending on how the Monday night game ended but no Rodgers, yeah, a stifling defense, apparently. Yeah, I mean, how can I pick against them? No question, I think. Um, not enough turnaround time. Zach Wilson uh, surely will start that game at quarterback. I don't think they'll make – they might make a move before Sunday, but not enough time for a and, new starter. And the Cowboys, as an Eagles fan, I can say, the Cowboys obviously looked really, really good. So Absolutely. It is what it is. And then finishing up for you two, Johnny, first, uh, Broncos Commanders and what could be a tricky good game. So, um, yeah, this, this, one, this one could definitely – be weird. I'm going to go see commanders still wound up struggling to an Arizona team. Give me, give me Sean Payton in Denver here. Russell Wilson gets back. Everybody in Denver, like, all right, we're starting to buy in new head coach. We're, let's, let's get this train rolling against a, still a very early rebuilding commanders team. I agree. I, there's not much else I can say. After that. That's <laughs> how does, it. how does the NFC East keep getting games against the Cardinals to start yeah, the year? These, <laughs> are, these are like shoe and picks for you guys. I'm pretty chalky. Oh, you again. open, you hold on. You open with the Texans. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll let you go last. Cause there's some interesting ones in that AFC North, um, especially regarding your team. I'll jump through mine real quick. Bills are at home against the Raiders. It's, it's not a must win. We're only in week two, but it's kind of a must show what it, you're really made of after lose. all the criticism. Is it a can't lose? It kind of is because this is a Raiders team we should beat. Um, and there shouldn't, after Monday, before Monday night, there shouldn't even been a question. If the Raiders are coming to Buffalo, this is a Bills team expected to contend. This is a Raiders team that maybe shouldn't make the playoffs. Uh, we don't know how that'll look now. One team's 1-0 and the other one's 0-1. It's not the two teams you thought. I think the Bills bounce back. I hope Allen bounces back and silences uh, Damian Woody. <laughs> Patriots-Dolphins is interesting. Patriots looked a little better than I expected, but like you said, that's a lot of just a great coach like Belichick having all those months of prep for that first week's game. The Dolphins looked like world beaters, at least on offense. Defense, there's some question marks. That was a shootout, but this Patriots team doesn't have that Chargers offense. They don't have the weapons Dolphins that, no. win that one. And then um, Cowboys-Jets, I'm going with the Cowboys. That's a spite pick. I hope all the misfortune in the world the rest of the season for the Jets. 
Um, I think <laughs> yeah, that because they haven't had enough already. <laughs> yeah, it should continue. But that one's going to be closer. And people think that defense is really, really good. I'm anxious to see Dak and the Cowboys offense have a little bit more of pushback than they had with the Giants. That's definitely fair. Logan, finish us off. End with that great Ravens Bengals game that has some interesting meaning to it, considering where you both are trending. Start us with uh, Steelers Browns. As much as I would love to ride the Browns train, I think this is a Steelers get right spot. Uh, historically, in the past two decades, they've kind of just beat up on the Browns. Everybody in the AFC North has kind of beat up on the Browns. They're they have more respect these days. That that playoff season they had a couple years back earned them a little bit more respect. But I just Mike Tomlin's going to get his guys back into a winning spot and into a more competitive spot. I expect that to be a really good game. I'm, I'm going to go Steelers in that one. Okay. And then in the other game, both two divisional matchups, week two, it's, it's a good week. I'm picking the Ravens. All I right. have to, right? I have to. 0-2 for the Bengals. It, they started 0-2 last year. Ooh. Made it the AFC Championship game. That's true. Um, but I, I think the Bengals are going to come out obviously angry, obviously want to put out something better than what they put on the field last week. But I think the Ravens coming into it, I don't think they were very happy with their week one performance. They won. They covered. They won by double digits. But their last loss was in Cincinnati in the wild card round when Tyler Huntley tried to jump up over the goal line, and that's where they're headed this weekend. So I think that's going to be surprising to me that that was a one o'clock game. I don't know what the Sunday night game is this week coming up. Yeah, but Steelers-Browns is Monday night. Yeah, so. Yeah, that should have been a swap. But interesting action, to say the least, in only week two for the FC North. Mm-hmm. A lot of which way are these teams going to go this early on in the season. And like you said, 0-2 start last year and the Bengals made it, but that's that might be an anomaly. That's hard to do if you start out rough as rough as that slate could be, and it could be the same for the Steelers if they don't get right. Mm-hmm. So interesting in your division. Um, that's how well we know your division. We'll update you guys with those standings and how we do weekly. Give us some picks of your own. Uh, think about that amongst yourself. Get down to Jolly Farmer and pick up all your game time needs. They're a great place to stop on your Sunday mornings, your Saturday mornings. Or heck, get them tonight before you go out there and see the high school games, which please do. Get out and support your local community. Get out and support these young um, standout athletes in the Valley, in the Daily Review area, on the New York side of things. And as always, hey, thank you, David Goff. Welcome to the team. Thank He'll you. be here every week with us. And thank you, everyone, for all your support. Keep doing it. We will see you next Friday morning.